The following may contain language which will be offensive to some people and inappropriate for children. The topics discussed may include drugs, alcohol, or be sexual in nature. This show is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm serious. It's dirty. Really, really dirty. Still here? Then pour your favorite beverage, sit back, and let's get this fucking show started. Pretty cool. I got the keys, so I just come in and I'll just comment on the music. Tony. What is his name, Tony? Lois can never have Superman's baby. Ah, yes. Incredible Hulk melon body. Ah! 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 Hey, I tried to teach you how to handle comics in the sixth grade, but oh no, you wanted to play a little bit instead. Aquaman's a hero! What's better than number one looks like? I guarantee you blow the load like a shot. Thank you, Trisha. We now return you to Robin Boy Wonder. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. Fantastic Forum. Assemble. You listen to the Fantastic Forum, All Games Radios. Premier daily talk show about comic books, and you're live. Yeah, you're live. Da- no, I'm sorry. Your premier comic book show, and your live daily talk show about comic books. We are the Fantastic Forum, coming to you live and direct from All Game Studio, Los Angeles. Hope you have a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, or night, as the case may be, depending on where you are in the world. And if you're not, you should stick with us. We'll help you take it up a notch. You have the usual suspects in the building on Skype. We have our intrepid senior reporter. He's next in line for the Cal. He's our resident Dark Knight detective. He's Oz. Back at it again, huh? Back at it again. <laughs> Larry's getting rusty. Dude, like, it's been a day. It's been a day. But, you know, it can't, it can't be rusty. Can like, it? literally a day, right? Huh? Like, literally a day. It's been a day since you've done this. No, he hasn't hosted in, like, three days. Uh, you know what? That actually is true. I didn't even realize that. That's interesting. Well, anyway. Uh, next we have a riddle inside of an enigma trapped in Chinese finger cuffs. You don't know him. You love him anyway. He's our silent assassin. Jay. Hey, what's up? Next, the backbone, the pillar, the strength of Fantastic Forum, our nine vulnerable brawler and resident strongman, Moses Magnum. What's up, man? And as for myself, my name is Lawrence Young. They call me Mary Young. Welcome to Fantastic Forum. Uh, we got a great show for you today because uh, we're going to give you a review. Um, a review of the island of giant insects. Uh, are we also talking about uh, your thing, Moses? <laughs> well, we don't talk about that on the air, but... Hilarity. Not that thing. The other thing. That Brooklyn thing? 
that that scorched earth. Oh, the Lady Death thing. Yeah, we doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, talking you also read? about. No, I did not, unfortunately. <laughs> but Lady Death, scorched earth. Uh, we'll bring you the latest and greatest in comic book news. We'll talk about whatever else it is that you all want to talk about. But before uh, we do that, we're also going to have a special guest uh, to talk about the comic book industry. Uh, but before we do that, we want to make sure we thank Mr. Scott Rubin, All Games Radio, the All Games Radio Network, and of course you all, the All Games community for allowing us this time, equipment, opportunity, and ability to talk about this medium that we love oh so much, which are comic books. Uh, so yeah, if you want to go ahead, get down with Fantastic Forum, let us know what you think about what we're talking about, or uh, let us know about something else that was on your mind. We'll tell you how to do that right now. Want to get in on the action? Call Fantastic Forum on Skype and join the fun. Too shy to call in? That's okay. You can join the Discord chat room available at allgames.com slash live. Join the party. You know you want to. Indeed. Indeed. So, uh, without further ado... uh, Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a while since we've had the privilege of having him on the show. But with us today is the the owner of Jeffrey's Comics, Jeffrey Patterson Jr. himself is on the line. Jeffrey, how are you, man? I'm doing all right, guys. Good, man. Good. Hey, thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Um, Lord knows, you know, our, all everyone's days are different now. And uh, there's definitely other things um, you, you have to be concerned with. Uh, but, of course, we, we want to talk to you specifically uh, about, of course, your business and, and mm-hmm. how the comic book industry has been affected by COVID-19 and what it's done to the industry. So if, if you would indulge me, and I know that you know we all have questions, I'm sure, that we want to ask and things we, we would love to get your, your input on. But I would I would love for you to kind of start at the beginning for us in regards to uh, how this has affected the industry and what the communication was like to you as a retailer. And, of course, you know, your store or, you know, the multiple stores that you have are, are some of the, the key stores in Southern California. So it's like, what was the communication like to you as a retailer from... Uh, Diamond as the distributor and some of the major publishers. What was that like? Oh, it was not very good. Um, a couple shine uh, as uh, really positive examples. Aftershock was really ahead of things. Image was pretty ahead of things. Mm-hmm. But the three that we really needed to 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 talk, Marvel, DC, and Diamond, all. Mm-hmm. really took their time and I mean some still haven't said much like Marvel still hasn't really said anything yeah outside of offering I guess discounts on things which is very disappointing I know that you know we talked about it here and uh, you know as everyone that listens to Fantastic Forum knows I'm a huge fan of Marvel comics and have been uh, uh, a Marvel guy for as long as I can remember but I was really disappointed that, you know, as as well, a leader in the field for them not to like step up and kind of like lead the way. 
like they were quiet and then when they did say something it was like barely barely a half measure well the good news for you is that marvel still won the race in that dc started to run down the street and then tripped and fell on a knife that had been planted vertically in the ground right and just plunged directly into their hearts dc uh, just could not have fucked this up more if they were trying at every level to fuck it up. It, it, like, it, I, you it, know, it's weird. I, it's you, weird how bad they've done. Because you, you, if, if they were just doing what I didn't want them to do, I would understand that. But they're not even doing that. They're doing like a random assortment of things that make no sense when they're put together. Yeah, like... I, you know, and I will tell you that, you know, this is definitely just my personal opinion, but you tell me what you think here, because it seems to me like we, DC, of course, did take their time in regards to actually putting out a statement and saying anything about what their response to COVID-19 was going to be. But it almost feels at this point like not and I'm talking about, you know, to present day because they like like you said, they trickled things out. And said different things and started going one direction, they went a different direction. But it seems to to me at this point, they've actually made things worse. Is that a fair assessment? Like worse than almost, everything being almost, shut down? Yes, almost every step of the way they have made things worse. Um, I mean, uh, Diamond had come to the conclusion that it was not healthy for to ship comic books. Uh, on multiple levels, it wasn't healthy for us to have them, to be selling them, to be forced to sell them. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't pay for comic books that I can't sell, so then I'm forced to have contact with a bunch of people as I'm selling the comic books. Right. It's not an essential product. We have to accept that. And right. anybody who's arguing as if, if it is, is arguing in bad faith. Uh, so <laughs> Diamond right. saying, this is... This is they're losing a ton of money too. It's not like diamond is doing this and somehow making out or breaking even in the, in this trade. Uh, they're losing a lot of money by doing this. They could make money by letting Marvel and DC ship those books to us. Uh, but they were holding them back. And now we see that it looks like they were really only holding DC back. Huh? That. That's it, like it's it's interesting because, and, and well, you know what? I, I think the better way to go about this is to ask the question. You know, you've obviously you grew up in the comic book industry because you know, of course, your 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 father was was the original owner of Jeffrey's Comics, so you know you grew up literally in the comic book industry. From all your experience and the experience you've gained, of course, as a businessman yourself in in the industry what would you have liked to have seen to be the response from dc marvel and diamond all right well it's hard for me to not think about this in terms of me myself being a comic book store owner of course and and that's the that's the the place so i from, want you to come from so feel so free a hundred percent from my perspective not necessarily worrying about what I want, uh, not necessarily worrying about the logistics that they have to worry about. I'm just telling you what I would have liked. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, 
coming through with some kind of message that they know what we're going through. Like DC has sent all of their employees home. Their store is only a few miles from my store and they want to ship comic books when they're not letting their employees back. Mm-hmm. So they're saying that I should go to work, but not the people who they're responsible for. Right. Right. And like basically that's, that's an incredibly screwed up message. It doesn't, the rest of, I mean, I, I don't even think we have to make any other points, but we can, because like I said, at every level, it is terrible. <laughs> Right, right. They're they're literally acknowledging through their own actions that it's not safe for people to be yes. out. Yes, um, I I think they need the the all of comic books had to kind of act as one. So I think Marvel and DC needed to be in the same room together, and I know mm-hmm. that they were not. Mm-hmm. Um, there needed to be simultaneous action, and but it also needed to be from the point of view to protect the comic book stores that existed because mm-hmm. anything less than that is going to mean a huge shutdown in comic book stores which is what's going to happen right and they're not going to recover all of those readers right away so they're all going to take huge hits too from this the marvel and dc right it's in their best interest for stores to be kept open so what could they do together that could keep stores open uh, they could send out product that I know that they just have lying around. Like, you know, the, how they have those one in 500 variants. Mm-hmm. They have extras. They have piles of extras. Mm-hmm. You just send those, send out care packages to all the stores, stuff that's high value that they could sell on eBay or their own stores or their Facebook live pages. Uh, print some kind of special product that they could do that for if they really want to ship something out, but shipping something out, the logistics are, are a nightmare in this, in this time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just, it doesn't make any sense to push for shipping comic books right now because however much percentage of uh, America is closed down in terms of non-essential businesses. So where is this product going? Like I know my customers love comic books, but they're not exactly clamoring to, to get a new issue of Nightwing. Like <laughs> they understand that this is some end of the world shit. And Hey, maybe I'll, I'll wait a little bit guys. Uh, but DC just does not seem to be cool with that mentality. Uh, they are really the, uh, the, those protesters, they are, the that of comic books yeah because i mean at this point i mean don't get me wrong i understand that different parts of the country are doing different things um i i know that or at least i've seen that i guess uh georgia's getting ready to maybe open up or at least partially open up and i think you know i don't know that texas ever really shut down (laughs) so i guess comics could go there to those two places but you know, but I think I mean I think if you were just to kind of assume a democratic standpoint that maybe we should wait until fifty one percent of comic book stores are open before we start shipping comic books, or or more than I, that, honestly, because I don't see an issue I mean, with the I, idea I, I, of look, saying like we should wait till at least like a, a healthy I, majority of stores are open. Oh, yes, I think at least a super majority you should wait until sixty six percent or yeah, maybe seventy five percent of the it's comic book stores to the are people open. That can't but sell. I'm saying the the lowest number in this conversation 
is 51, <laughs> and DC is aiming for zero. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, or, or Georgia and Texas, whatever right. that is. Uh, that's actually right. a lot of comic book stories, but... <laughs> Uh, but you see, it's it's far less than fifty one percent of the comic book stores in America, and yeah. I mean that just seems like a fair number to me. Whether it in, whether our mice whether California is still closed or not, fifty one percent seems like the lowest right. you could conceivably argue from. Right. And DC has gone substantially lower than that. That is true. That is so true. that's what I would have liked to have hear from like Marvel, DC, and Diamond saying like we're going to halt. Shipping and production because we know you're not open right now. Um, then I would have liked to have heard a bunch of things about what it's going to be like when we open back up because to think that everything's just going to bounce back and be 100% is just ludicrous and idiotic. Yeah. Um, to think that we're not going to be stuck in this, the, the second great uh, recession like, uh, I mean, you're just an idiot. It's, it's going to be a disaster for a while unless uh, <laughs> the government gets it together. And I've seen firsthand that they are not going to do that. So yeah. it's going to be uh, pretty screwed for a lot of people. Um, so how are we going to weather that storm together? Like, even just asking us would have been nice. And so far, Marvel is the only one who's asked us a question, really, with an aim to actually listen to the answer. Oh, so Marvel did reach out, like, after the fact or something to be like, hey, how should we respond? Yeah. Now, I, mean, like to uh, do? I, I do want to give Marvel credit for asking and seeming to work with us, but also uh, uh, to play devil's advocate, uh, it was also after DC had done their thing and they saw that the retailer's response was just literally saying they were going to stop carrying DC comics. Period. Right. So Marvel know, then Marvel had then had a very easy blueprint. Like I said, they won the race because DC stumbled and then took the firing gun and shot themselves in the chest with it. That it, it's uh, let's, it's just flabbergasting. Let me ask you this question, Jeff, because this is a question that I know that we kind of, you know, things that we've been thinking about a little bit. And, and I just want to find out your opinion. What do you feel like this would have been the way DC would have handled things if Dan DiDio was still there? Uh, no, I know for a fact that it wouldn't have been. The one good thing I can say about Dan and his position at, at DC is that he did really love comic book stores. Yeah. And he wanted to work with them. And yeah. the product that he created and was responsible for creating, I do not think was the best. And I do think that, uh, I still think that DC needed a different editor in chief, but uh, he definitely always had comic book stores back. And, yeah. Uh, and obviously now they do not. Uh, and but that has nothing to do with the content. So, uh, right. Not why I would pick an editor in chief. So, even though it might be against my own personal uh, best interest, I would still say they needed to let Dan DiDio go. They needed to let him go a long time ago. Yeah, and and it's. I think honestly, it was probably just a uh, one of those like one of those situations where it was just 
the wrong thing that happened at the wrong time where, you know, like Dan, the decision to let Dan DiDio go is probably something that has been a long time coming. And it just so happened that it happened right at the beginning of this crisis and his particular skill set probably would have been really good in, in yeah. this particular, in also, this particular yeah, he crisis. Was, he was also good at being the face and being like in front yeah. of the camera. Yeah, uh, as it were, like uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know that you, we've you're seen definitely Jim right Lee. about that. Uh, Jim, I'm I'm not happy with uh, with uh, Jim. <laughs> I don't think anybody is, and and don't get me wrong though, Jim. Jim, this is not what Jim Lee was built to do, though. Like we all know that, and I think Jim Lee knows Except that. Except that's the job that he has. So right. I right. I mean that's the criterion that we judge him on. And it's bad. <laughs> hey, it's like it's the job he had next to Dan DiDio. <laughs> but you're right. I, I mean, like, it, he, yeah. he had to rise to the occasion, and he sh- definitely has not, unfortunately. Yeah, it's wow. just, I mean, he's, he's... He is doing his best art he's done in a while, though. Uh, that's, but that's like if the airplane was go- crashing... And the pilot was back and making sure you were enjoying your soda. (laughs) Would you prefer that he be in the front of the airplane piloting it? He's the fucking president of DC Comics. He should not have any time to draw. (laughs) He he should be dealing with this huge, massive problem. I have have not turned on Netflix since this happened, I have been so busy and both of my businesses are closed. Now, like I literally have not turned on Netflix. We, we have not watched Tiger King in this household. And he is drawing. Uh, that's that's can't, I can't believe that he could have the free time being the president of DC comics to do something like that. Now the drawings for the benefit of comic stores is a very wonderful idea. And if you told me that J Scott Campbell was doing it, I'd be like, that's amazing. If you told me that Alex Ross was doing it. I'd be like, Holy shit. That's going to raise a ton of money. But you tell me that the president of DC is doing it. And I'm like, why on earth is he not doing <laughs> far more important things? Right. So like, Basically he's, 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 He's messing around and, and trying to fix the wrong end of the problem. Like <laughs> you're like the, the industry at large is the part well, that be, you're supposed to be. To be, be fair, they are you they are using it to make that the story instead of all of the crazy things they use Bunko. So it's a positive story that they get to put on top. So in terms of spin, that's what it's there for. And it's yeah. got a bunch of beautiful visuals that people will share in lists on the internet. <laughs> Like you all have already done, <laughs> uh, and it's just like you didn't hear about Joe Casada doing that because he's probably really fucking busy right now. I don't know, man. He's doing that talk show. <laughs> yeah, not not doing a great job at that either, unfortunately. What what were you? What else were you going to say, Mo? Well, because a lot of we've we've seen shit not be. Uh, as how do you say a streamlined with Warner Media since AT&T took over and we're starting to see some more stuff kind of 
coming through the walls now with you know some of the, the DC Universe app and stuff like that. Do you think some of this is pressure or lack of lack of pressure from AT and T at all? Oh, it's definitely pressure from AT and T. It's it's very obvious uh, because of their pressure to change the release date of comic books to Tuesday. It's like not something AT&T anyone... wants that to happen? Yes. Why? Because that's the day all media is released. I mean, traditionally, sure, but... like so... Not traditionally, yes. Now, yes. That's how it's released. They want their entire company to release its media on the same day. Really? Even though Wednesday has been the day comics get released for years, they're like, we need you to switch to Tuesday. I'm you're at, you're acting like I'm talking about some kind of conspiracy theory. DC has announced to public facing visuals that comic books are going to be released on Tuesday from here going forward. Oh no, no. I I did see, no, I mean I did see that and that's what do you, you know they flipped the coin. Why do you think they chose to 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 violate 30 years of history of comic book stores and that they chose Wednesday specifically to be different. Wow, that just seems like such a strange thing for a company to be like, oh, like a stickler on, especially considering that it's not the industry norm. Like, why fight? I can understand why understand why AT&T would be like that. That DC, that no one at DC is strong enough to tell them, no, that you have to understand this is a different media group and Wednesday is part of the subculture. We can't just release your books on Tuesday. Like the fact that no one did that means I still get to blame people at DC for it. Wow. <laughs> like unless they show me that they really fucking fought for it. Like they've got to, then they've got to, I know they can't communicate that with us, but it would be nice to know. Right. I mean, you, but somehow. There, there are ways to leak that kind of stuff without it being like, you know, there are ways. There, there's a ways, you know, the in, especially the comic book industry, it's tiny. You can get the right yeah. person. To, you could tell that information to the right person and it get out there, e- even if it was a lie. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, the, like, the fact that no one even thought enough of it to, like, lie to us. <laughs> so, huh, that's, that's really wild. So, so, at this point, Basically, DC is going to be releasing their books on Tuesdays moving forward and just industry be damned. Yes, at the very least digitally. Okay. And so so the print may come out the following day, but the digital release might happen on Tuesday, and it, yeah. it, which leaves it open for but a day worth of spoilers. But also, technically, we would be allowed to sell DC product a day earlier than all the other product. Mm. So the fear is that this is going to crush everyone else into changing Tuesday to New Comic Book Day. Now, when you say everyone else, you mean like the other stores are going to just do that because or the you, like Marvel would follow suit just because that's what DC yeah. did? Well, because imagine that they just keep them separate. DC releases on Tuesday. Then we can technically sell DC comic books a day early because we right. get to sell them as soon as the digital is released. Mm-hmm. 
So we have to have basically New Comic Day Tuesday, which is just DC comic books. Then we have New Comic Day Wednesday, which is everybody else. <laughs> See how logistically this is not very streamlined for an industry? Oh, no. I mean, it makes perfect sense that it's like out of sync, but I guess why does DC get to be the the person that determines? Like, why would... I guess my thought is if DC decides one day and Marvel's like, no, we're going to stick with Wednesday... Are there going to be well, other? Are there going to be other people that are going to be like, oh well, I guess I'll just do Tuesday because that's when DC does it. Well, you're you're forgetting that that linear time is linear, <laughs> and Tuesday is before Wednesday. You time, cannot allow time is your but biggest a construct. competitor. You cannot allow your biggest competitor to release to people's wallets a full day before you do. Like, honestly, I think the only reason Marvel hasn't announced that they're following suit is because they know how bad it'll look. But it's a business, it's a hundred percent business necessity. See, that's, but I guess, and don't get me wrong, this is definitely my bias coming through, I guess. Because in my mind, I'm not going to go to the comic shop a day early because DC's releasing books. And I know that there are people that would. Right, Lawrence. But this affects people like me. Because I buy DC heavy stuff. So if I'm going to the shop on Tuesday. And going through the stuff, the new releases for the week. I'm not seeing any Marvel. I'm not going to come back Wednesday for the Marvel stuff. No, I get exactly. that. Whereas when I go now. you know, I pick up my pull list. Which is mostly DC. And then I might see... Uh, something new for Marvel that oh that's interesting and just grab it. Yeah, and I and I get that. I guess what I'm wondering is, are there more? Like I, I, I understand that that is a thing, and I understand too that you know there are a lot of people out there that are DC people. But I, I guess what I'm wondering is this: is like Oz, I feel like you know you're definitely somebody that you're like okay, you're all about DC Comics. You know this is this is why you're our DC guy on the show, and you get Marvel. At, you know, I guess maybe an afterthought. What I'm wondering though is, aren't there more people that are just kind of like, well, they like both, and they know that the Marvel books aren't going to come out until Wednesday, so they just going to go on Wednesday because that's when they've been going anyway. Did, are, are you? under the assumption that the American shopping public is logical. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not about logic though. I don't think cause that this is honestly the, the, my thought is like, don't get me wrong. Every so often DC comes out with like, I don't even want to call it a doozy, but they come out with something that people are, are excited about. Right. But it doesn't happen that often. It's like, you know, outside of the, like, Punchline was one of these things that DC people were excited about, right? Recently. What was the last yes. thing before Punchline? Metal. Oh, another Batman thing. No, it wasn't it wasn't metal. It was maybe like maybe the last thing was the the Bruce Wayne penis thing, right? If you're talking about like crazy hot, yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is what's the last thing where it's like I have to go to the store today to go pick it up? And I think that that was the last thing, I mean, and that wasn't even intentional. 
You know what I mean? No, so there. Thinking, I mean, there were there were multiples in between those two. What? What were well, they? Well, it probably. I was, mean, uh, like I, it, I'm talking dozens. It's like just uh, name a couple because I'm just trying to think of like what was okay, it? Okay, Batman Beyond, the first appearance of Batwoman Beyond. That book sold out and went up to twenty or thirty dollars a day of release. Oh, I didn't even hear. Uh, all of the Supergirl and Superman books that were released by accident with the wrong color skin for Electric Lad and Legion of Superheroes. Okay, like, like that's another mistake. Uh, the death of Alfred, uh, that was just a couple issues before the first appearance of Punchline. Okay. Um, I mean, Batman 50 was, I don't remember when that was in comparison to the Bat Penis. <laughs> so I guess... But that's just sticking to the Bat family. Oh, the yeah. Nightwing issue where uh, Dick Grayson is shot and gets amnesia. Oh yeah, especially from, when they when they released the uh, uh, Night Terrors trade paperback. I know that was hard to find for me. <laughs> what, what was that? The Night Terrors trade paperback. The right after it's right after he gets shot. It's kind of the recovery where he. Oh yeah. So I guess I guess what I'm saying is, I know that there's a hardcore DC fan base that are going to come and get their books when they release. What I'm wondering is, is that the majority of the industry, or are most? It's, are, it's are, not. Are most but of the industry, it's a huge. It's too crazy huge an advantage for DC. Okay, and you know, again, like I said, this is this is definitely probably predicated <clears throat> on my bias because I know for me, it's like I have no problem waiting till Wednesday to go pick up my DC books, but then again, I'm not. The hardcore X Men books were released Tuesday. You're saying you ain't being there. Oh, Tuesday. absolutely. But but exactly. It, I don't think X Men books don't feel like the same thing to me as if you're. I mean, the only thing that comes close is Batman. It's all of DC. All all of DC, really? All of DC. I don't like. Are people are people chomping at the bit for Action Comics? Well, no. Okay, are they doing it for I Superman? Is, no, Superman is man Bendis. We're not talking okay. about Bendis. We're talking okay. about okay. So, so, so that outside of Batman, that's the next biggest superhero that DC has. Are they doing it for Wonder Woman? No, I mean, neither DC nor Marvel exactly should be bet- bragging about their batting average right now. But you are correct. <laughs> DC is not doing well. Bendis oh. is uh, so. I just launch I... has flopped completely <laughs> i guess uh, i guess i'm just trying to figure out what the must-have dc book is right now and don't get me wrong you you keep acting like the point is that there's a must-have book there is no must-have book the point is, is that new comic book day would become tuesday but when people went to the store the only product would be dc and they'd spend their entire week's money on dc product but i i like, guess if I'm that's the way out... if dc plans on releasing it marvel will have to uh, follow suit. See, and, and and I guess that's the thought. That's the thought where, I and don't get me wrong, I'd probably mess Marvel up. I guess if I was an executive there, in my mind, I would be like, we have a stronger product line. We don't have to follow suit. We can we can keep Wednesday, and there are going to be some DC people that are going to come on Tuesday. 
And you know what? But but I'm going to bank that those were people that weren't necessarily going to be buying our books anyway. And we can decide to release on Wednesday and the majority of the industry is going to stay with us. Because image going to move to Tuesday? You said. Huh? What is the benefit to what you just described it? What's the benefit? Like I described mine. Like People have money. They're going to go to the comic book store as soon as they can. Right, I mean, Spend money I guess, when the product is only a, a, a competitors. That's not good. And, and I guess I hear what you're saying. Like, you're like, the safe bet is to move to Tuesday, too. But I guess if it, it, there's a part, there's definitely the only benefit I can honestly say, and it's definitely an intangible one, is like showing that you're the industry leader. And, you know, that may not necessarily translate to more sales. That, this this Wednesday-Tuesday thing would be one of the least of my worries if they want to become the face of helping re- the small retailer. Like, I really could not care less. Well, you know, I, and, and, and that like, I do understand. It's so much more Marvel needs to do than that. So <laughs> Marvel needs to stop whatever energy they have <laughs> putting in that and put it somewhere else. Well, and, and that, that I understand. And definitely if, if a retailer is saying that to me as, as a faux Marvel executive, I would definitely take that into account. But if there's, I mean, I'm sure there's some retailers that are also like, why would we move to Tuesday? There's no good reason for that. Oh no, there's a, uh, oh, it's pretty unanimous that they do not want the move. And if you're asking me, I don't want it. Well, then, if but nobody wants it... I'm also not going to lose my mind if it goes to Tuesday. Well, right, but I guess if nobody wants it, and DC's the only one doing it, it's like, don't get me wrong, I understand that DC is a major player in the market, but they're not the number one player, and if all the rest of us do different, then they gotta fall in, fall in line, right? Uh, they're number two by a, by a penny. It's it's not like they're a distant number two. I agree, and I'm not saying that the rest of the industry is so. I mean, like hugely I, I, significant. We're one month away with one different comic book release away from it being the number one company ch- deciding to change there, to Tuesday. There it is. Does okay. that change and your idea? I I I guess so. I guess. Look, if that's so, I mean, if that's how we're saying, Lee draws like, a comic book, how, it's like, it, the number one company. You can't afford, you can't afford to take the chance, is what you're saying, because you become the number two company if those DC people are not buying any Marvel comics. Yes, or if they're buying no, just less, like we're talking, just like in the coronavirus, we're talking about a three percent death rate, but yet it's causing catastrophic problems. Three percent, so small. How could that be a big difference? What if this DC move only gets them three percent market share? That's, mm-hmm. how, that's how big 3% is. Like, look around. That's how big 3% is. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, no, you so, don't so then having an entire 24 hours with no competition, you can't say that it's 0%. You can't. No, no. Hey, so I don't know what percentage, and I, I, I couldn't tell you what percentage is actually going to be, but I'd wager it's, it would be more than 3%, at least for that one day. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, and uh, that's something oh. that Marvel just could. At the very least, Marvel would move forward. Uh, they'd have to do it digitally, 
because we've been talking about this right now uh, tangibly. Think about the same argument digitally. Do you really right. think that it's even magnified more? Because now we're talking about the entire world sees only DC Comics for 24 hours. Right. No, no I, way I, I, Marvel allows that to happen. I, now, I so digitally, they could keep digital separate and let digital release an entire day early. I don't think that would really cause us any any customers. I don't think anybody would be so hard up for a story they would convert from buying paper comics to going digital for that 24-hour sneak preview. I hear you. And and look, the, the one big title argument has definitely opened my eyes. Like, that I can see. If you're like, okay, they're number two, but they're number two because they just need one big title for that month, got it. What were you going to say, Jay? Oh, I was going to ask Jeff, do you think that if, like, if DC is releasing on Tuesday, do you think like the comic book stores could like come together and just agree not to sell on Tuesday? Like, Would that be a thing that could happen? No, because the same problem that we were just talking about happens even smaller. Uh, you guys know who my competitors are. Imagine they as soon as they decide to not follow that rule, then I lose all of the DC hardcore fans to them automatically because they're not going to wait 24 hours for their comic books. Now it's not a lot of people, but it's a group of people that spend a lot of money. So it's a group of customers that you want. Right. It's your DC Uh, whales. Yes. I mean, like I said, there's only two or three, but they spend 50, hundred bucks a week. It's not nothing. Uh, and I, uh, I guarantee you, Oz is that petty. Like Oz, if if he knows that DC will sell books on Tuesday, and he goes to a comic book store, and he's and they tell him we're not going to sell it till tomorrow, he won't go back because he's that petty. <laughs> he I'm not saying he wouldn't he go back, but he would maybe find the one that was deciding to break the the oath of the comic druids and sell the comic books one day early. Uh, so I don't. I don't think the promise would. I don't think like uh, designed would ever work because, like I said, as soon as your closest competitor starts selling them early, then you're done. You've got to. You have to put them out at the same time. What were you gonna say, Mo? No, that Oz had two shops in Illinois closed down for that reason. <laughs> Oz, Oz is put. Is putting comic shops out of business in Illinois. <laughs> well, remember, they wanted to limit how many DC books he could buy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I wanted more bat penis. Yeah. And so they, in order to not sell it to him so they could sell it on eBay, they told him no. And he now they look where they're at now. So much an Asian massage parlor <laughs> they've been, now. They've, they've been closed. I like it. They've been self isolating for a year already. <laughs> <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. That place is an Asian massage parlor now. Oh, my. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I can't go through those doors anymore. So, so Jeff, tell us, do do this for us. I'm going to ask you to put on your your Nostradamus hat. Okay. Tell us, well, tell us what you would like to see. In regards to when the industry comes back, how you would like it to come back, and and what would be like your best case scenario, and then tell us what you think is 
actually going to happen once comic books return. All right. What we need to see for comic book stores to return and be healthy and survive, uh, pretty much across the board, uh, some level of returnability. Uh, this is kind of inside baseball stuff, so I don't want to spend a lot of time, but, no, but we are not okay allowed to return anything. Anything you see in a comic book store was bought and paid for by the owner of that comic book store. Uh, Barnes & Noble, Borders, those giant bookstores, they're able to return anything they don't sell mm-hmm. because the distributor is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the very least, for quite a few months, if not the very end of the year, if not this year and all of next year, massive percentage uh, returnability. Um, uh, now, they need to keep us responsible for that percentage, so I understand uh, it being some number where we... Like, like we get to, if we pay 50%, if we buy 50% of them, then the other 50% we can return. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So that you don't just, everybody doesn't just order a thousand. It can't, I understand that there's right. some logistics in there, but some level of returnability for everything across the board, just as an industry, we need to be able to return a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that just being able to return those comic book books would make my store like would make my store incredibly profitable from scraping by. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the future, when business is down, like it's going to help, uh, it would help people who would go under, not go under. And also it gives us the chance to find the upper ceiling on our sales numbers, because then we can order a comfortable number more than our polls. Mm-hmm. Like our guaranteed sales, then we have them on the shelf so that you, Marvel, DC, Aftershock, Image, Dark Horse, can drive customers into our store and know that we will have it stocked and not that we will have empty shelves because we have no money. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'd like to see some shrinkage of the the amount of product that at least Marvel and DC are putting out and maybe an increase in the quality of that product. So you you want both of the major publishers to make fewer books of higher quality. Like empire is the next big Marvel crossover, right? It just needs the, just the one event book is fine. It doesn't need these five or six tie in books. Like I never order correctly. I always lose money on them because the margin is so thin that as soon as I make a mistake, my profit is gone. Gotcha. And, and just so few people want those. Yeah. That it's so hard to predict yeah. uh, what the correct right. order is. So I just, I just stop making those and take the talent that you are wasting on that and produce something else. Um, my pitch would be something like Shonen Jump, but for Marvel. Yeah, you know, uh, we we actually did see, uh, we talked about actually the the document that was going around from the retailers, and we know that that you had put in a few of those suggestions. Can you can you tell that I wrote a few of them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Shonen Jump one was mine. Um, but but the Shonen Jump idea was a big a big uh, was very popular. Um, not only among, of course, like some of the people that were seeing it, but ourselves here too. Like that's a great idea. Like a te- like a text uh, like a textbook thick, black and white, but just top quality talent doing monthly books, but that don't necessarily have to continue either. Like if so, if 
I'm just going to use it. If Jim Lee wants to do uh, a Superman book, but just one issue of it, just one mm-hmm. story, then that issue of Shonen Jump but has has a Jim Lee story in it. Uh, but then that's also where you can put all of these secondary characters that don't really deserve their own comic books, but you but you're publishing something that's really well done. Like yeah. uh, the Martian Manhunter miniseries that just came out, like uh, sales just weren't there for that book, and it was kind of a cool, trippy book. And so having it have some pages in a monthly Shonen Jump style magazine would be a great place for something like that to thrive. Um, I think Marvel and DC need to uh, chill it with the way they're doing storytelling. It needs to be one and done storytelling. Like, yeah, and that was another uh, another thing that we saw where you know you were basically saying, um, if you know if you have multiple titles for multiple characters like a Spider Man or a Batman or whatnot, you were saying one of them can be ongoing, but the other ones like one of those should be like a one and done story or like they should all have like basically different purposes. At the very least, every character that Marvel and DC expect a person to come in off the street and ask me, the dealer, for a comic book. Every one of those characters should have a monthly book that is one and done. Right. Yeah. So no, I mean, especially like DC, if you're talking about like Superman, a character like... For DC, that's Superman, Batman, Justice League, Wonder Woman probably flash and while he was on tv probably arrow uh but not it doesn't need to be everything and i like the decompressed storytelling that a lot of comic books do but the the fact that it's all of them is oppressive to the new reader like have you guys tried to to get anybody into comic books but at a comic book store Without going yep. to the trades, just by going to the new section. No, no, it's been a lot of times since I've like it's easier, of course, to just do it via a trade. I don't so think I, I, I can't think of the last time that like I was like, in. "Oh, you should read this particular issue and then start here." Now, what I will say is, I know that I told I tell people all the time though that I know when I first started reading comics, you know, I picked up. Like, I literally picked up an issue that was, like, the, like, maybe the, I think it was the last issue of, like, a four-issue arc. Oh, I remember. We have had this argument on this show before. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I understand, I understand that, at least I've come to understand over the years, you know, (laughs) arguing with you and the rest of the Fantastic Forum, that most people apparently are not me, (laughs) that are willing to, to put in the work to understand what was happening and all this other kind of stuff and be like, Oh wow, this is interesting enough for me as a single issue. Like, don't get, don't get me wrong though. I will say this. I do feel like back in that day, which is, you know, friggin' 20 plus 30, 30 years. It doesn't feel like that, but yeah, right. It's like, I do understand that the, the mentality of writing each issue, like it's somebody's first issue was definitely much more prevalent. And even though it was the the fourth issue of uh, uh, of an arc, the fourth and final issue of an arc. I'm sure that 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 um, 
mentality was still prevalent, or at least in, in the mind of someone where it was like, hey, you know, someone might pick up just this book. And like, usually that arc, that four-issue arc was across four titles. So if you were just reading Uncanny X-Men, then you were done, and you just read the next issue of Uncanny X-Men. Um, also, it was like a much bigger and special thing when a book was that long, remember? Yeah, no, like, I agree. Rem- rem- I agree. Like the, the, what am I thinking of? The Executioner's Song. Yeah, absolutely. And the bags and the, the cards yeah. and the bags and all of that. And it was like right. a big deal. But now every story is 15 yeah. issues long. Like, the fact that the X-Men books were expanding to four titles was like everyone was blown away. Like four X-Men books every month? What? The fact that when it expanded to two X-Men books, it sold eight million issues. Right. Uh, like, I, I think maybe... Uh, I, although I really like what Marvel's doing with X Men right now, so I don't want to criticize it. But I mean, yeah. sales were the sales right. were really good, and then kind of tapered off a little bit. Right, right. Uh, also, too, we do have Hecht on the line. Uh, Hecht, you did have like a comment on on one of the things that Jeff was talking about, if I'm not mistaken. Hecht, feel free to jump in. Uh, yeah, like the whole Shonen Jump thing the whole shonen idea isn't that basically what the giant size 100 page thing that dc puts out at walmart the same thing not exactly because i, I think shonen jump is closer <clears throat> to 300 pages or something like that it's printed uh, on cheap paper to maintain a very cheap price point yeah uh also the dc giants that you're talking about had a few pages of original story and then are mostly reprints but they, they could is, couldn't they convert that into your idea? Definitely. If you want if you want to maintain color and not drop the quality, I still maintain that the idea itself could work in some capacity where it's but they would have to keep it at a ten dollar price point, I think. I don't think it could go more than that per month. That's why I think the paper might have to stay low quality. It's it's really wild because i'm just thinking about the idea of i mean i i get what they're trying to do with those dc books inside of walmart and i definitely understand the idea that you know a kid i guess maybe today could potentially see that one and then grab it two and then take it to their parent three and convince them that ten dollars is a fair price point four i guess i'm just like I like ten dollars is definitely not a lot of money per se, but at the same time, it's enough money that it's kind of like, uh, like for you to think about. Well, keep it. in mind how many pages of Shonen Jump uh, is my pitch. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm talking about what DC's doing right now. Yeah, I'm not even talking no, about Shonen Jump wise. Like Shonen Jump wise, it makes more sense, and I think that you're right. Like. Go lower quality and drop that price. Because I'm just, th- I'm, what I'm trying to think in my mind is when I got my first comic book, I was alone. Well, no, I'm not alone. I wasn't with my parents. I was literally with Jay, who's on the line right now. We were driving, we, we were bike riding past the 7 Eleven. We go into the 7 Eleven and I saw a comic book that I was like, oh, that's the cover. And I was like, that's interesting looking. And it was a Man. buck. And I do, had a buck know- in my pocket. Do you know how insane it is to say you stopped at a 7-Eleven and got a comic? 
Right, exactly. In, that might, in, but, in this but, day and age, in right. this economy, it, it don't make sense now. Right, right, but but what I'm what exactly, and that's the whole thing where it's like you know, convenience stores are where impulse purchases get made, and impulse purchases get made with impulse pricing, where it's like, oh, it doesn't matter if I spend that money. You know what I mean? And I'm well, just saying also, that. Also, that coming back to my main argument against what comic books are right now. How? Who do you think's good? I mean, you you bought that one, but imagine the books that are coming out nowadays, and that you can only see one month at uh, a place like Seven Eleven. Like uh, Marvel and DC have tried and failed to get into bookstores and GameStop and Seven yeah. Eleven, uh, and. N- n- none of those times did they stop to look and say, hey, maybe our product is, is broken. <laughs> maybe our product is what? Maybe our product is broken. They so say, wait, no, when you say, but when you say that they tried, you're, you're, you're basically saying that it's the content of the actual books that stops it from getting back into those places? I'm saying GameStop made a deal with Marvel and DC and was stocking comic books and then officially said that they are no longer doing so because it was a total failure. So after that happens, does Marvel or DC think, Hey, we couldn't sell any comic books at GameStop, which is a huge crossover for us. That's weird. They do not even think about it. They do not even use it as any kind of springboard change towards anything. So is it a thing where you you felt like the problem was the product? I'm saying that it can't help that every single comic book is part X of seven. Okay, I guess I guess and that's what you think it was stopping people from buying comics in in a GameStop? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I mean, uh, and, and you know, and we've I'm had not... this argument before. You're just a crazy person. No one else <laughs> would think that way. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I, I feel like there's a whole thing about reading that might factor into it more than about the part of the story that you come in on. Like, I, how I think many that... people do you think started with the second Harry Potter book? No, but no, but I think a novel is different what from a comic no, but? book. What do you mean, no, but? No, but, no, but, no, but. A novel plans. is different from a comic book. Like you got to think about the type of investment you're making. Like I feel like if a Harry Potter book was a twenty-minute read, more people would read them. I think everybody read Harry Potter, though. I never. I mean, it. yes and no. <laughs> like there, it, it didn't have any comic panels, so movie. I didn't read it. Graphic I know I started out. with the fifth Chronicle of Narnia. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Why? It was what was available. That's fair. That's fair. Also, those, those books are written to be individual stories, too. I will I will agree with that sure. in the sense that Chronicles of Narnia are definitely very, very accessible. When you pick it up in the middle, like, much more yeah. so than Harry Potter was. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and much so more I, I, so I can, than the average comic book is right now. 
And I I love a lot of comic books that are coming out, but like I love the way X Men is written right now. But basically, X Men is you have to read every X Men comic book. I don't know how long it it can be maintained as a business model. See, I don't agree with that right now. Like, I don't think you have to read every X Men comic book. I do feel like like right now, if you read X every X Men comic book, you get a better experience. But like, if you want to read like just X Men. Or just Excalibur, you can do that. No, you can. Can you but read? You any? But then you don't get the grander mythos, uh, except maybe if you're just reading X Men. I think you're getting a pretty good picture of yeah. all this well, but, going but on. I, I think that's the like. I agree with you. Like X Men is the main title, which is usually the case, whether it's uncanning or just adjectiveless, is the main title. But like, say, if you want to read just Excalibur. You're not like you're not going to be like what's happening from issue to issue. You're going to be missing out. You're right on the grander mythos, but that's a choice you make because you're like, I want to follow just Jubilee. Yeah, right. And so you don't, but you don't feel like oh, but but uh, but even but even then, every X Men title except X Men actually is having these giant size X Men books, which I like. Yeah, I wish they were a little bit better. <laughs> but they are the product that I am asking for. Like I'll I'll take them being a little bit bigger and a little bit more expensive, but then I can keep them on my shelf for so much longer. Yeah, because and see, and it's just the solo story. Because you just the the non regular customer, the the yeah. walk in customer, which is what we want to convert, doesn't right. want the middle of a story. And, 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 and that I can understand. And I guess m- the main point that I was trying to make with talking about Walmart and why that's not the same thing is I don't feel like the buck that I paid back in the day to get that book, which I just happened to have in my pocket because it looked interesting, is equivalent to $10 today. And, and I so, think that's the well, main thing. Like, I so mean, the show how much jump is, not... is a random child have in their pocket right now? The Shonen Jump product is not necessarily for a random child. That's what I was pitching as a place to put continuing storylines for the people who want to read long stories, uh, maybe stories that can't stand on their own financially. Oh, so, so the Shonen Jump with, book isn't to introduce new readers into the into the fold. It can be both. It can have. It's big. Like the Shonen Jump is huge. Right. Like three hundred uh, plus pages is what you're saying, and and that I understand. Yeah. I guess. What I'm saying is, impulse buy as a child. Like, like I said, I, I was, I don't, I don't, I don't remember exactly how old I was. Somewhere between nine and eleven, and I didn't have to ask permission or ask anybody for money. I had money in my pocket, and I knew that some of that money. Okay, I needed how to... much money do you expect a kid nowadays to have in their pocket? I, I don't know, but I don't think it. It's, seems I don't like think you think it's the same as when you were a kid. Well. I think that a kid would probably have more money in their pocket today than I would have had when I was a kid. Do you think the Shonen Jump needs to be five bucks? That I think that's the point I'm I'm making. Yeah, I think it, like five bucks today I guess, feels I guess closer you did, to you'd one dollar. In how my many day. black and white newsprint pages can we get in there for four ninety nine? That that would be but, the the question. But I guess my I have is, no idea. I do not have any idea of the answer. <laughs> but I agree. Like. Look, the cheaper we can make it, the the any product that's built for newcomers, the cheaper we can make it, the better. And, and, uh, and 
they, they've you, actually shown that making the monthly comic books cheaper doesn't help anybody <laughs> because I mean, it doesn't drop it doesn't drop sales. Okay, well, you said making it cheaper doesn't drop Batman. sales. The big it cheaper doesn't increase sales. Oh, does it increase? If they drop okay. the if they drop the, the cover price of Batman from three ninety nine to two ninety nine right now, I would just be out a bunch of money. Got you. See, and so I guess, that's my, my, I guess that's the thing I'm saying here is if it's not about the like if the price point isn't about whether people buy it or not, then like is it fair to say it's the quality because people aren't buying comic books. They're not like reading through comic books first and then deciding if they're going to buy it or not. So that means that it's not, if it's not the content and it's not the price point, then that means that it's something different, which is just about the medium maybe, right? Well, I think it is a little bit about the content because I, I, I don't want to keep making the same point, but uh, there's not anything for the new customer to read. But I guess what I'm wondering... That's easily accessible to us. But, but, I mean, but what I'm trying to understand from your point is like most books aren't saying five of seven on the cover. Yes, they are. Most books say five of seven on the cover? They say part blank of blank. And if a newcomer comes in and asks me what to recommend to them, I'm not going to recommend to them something in the middle of a story unless they're okay with that. Well, and, and, and that I do they understand. are to 100%, except for you, not okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and that I definitely understand, but I guess what I'm saying to you is you don't have to recommend to them the, the newest issue. You could technically recommend to them part one of that of that you are assuming that it is easy for a comic book store to stock every issue of every comic book that well, comes out from Marvel and DC. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not, uh, look, I, I understand. You that just that's said it off the cuff. You're assuming that that is a very <laughs> easy task and it is not. It is a very, very expensive and improbable task. Uh, okay. The other problem, the big, biggest problem with that is that Marvel and DC both adopted a new overprint policy, meaning that they only print to the initial order. Right, meaning that there are none as soon as Wednesday. That's the end of the prints run. It's done. Uh, meaning right. that we can never ever reorder books ever. Right, right. See, so it, that that was uh, that was one of those inside baseball things on that list that uh, I also wrote was that their overprint policy needs to be uh, responsible, but needs to be a bit more robust than what it is now because it is nothing. <laughs> So that's why it's been such hell trying to complete these collections that I have. Absolutely. That is the behind the scenes reason. Uh, so, it's be, uh, because and we, uh, as comic book stores, shouldering the burden, have to shrink our orders more and more to the point that sometimes with books, we have to just order what we know we can sell before Wednesday closing time. Yeah. Then that, but then that doesn't allow us to grow uh our customer base, which is Marvel's customer base. So, do you feel that's like why I think that's why I think combined with uh, uh, returnability policy, we could stock all of those books, and then we could th then this argument would be very different. I think you would have a much stronger point 
if I had would, returnable comics, and then I would stock back would through it, the, the the latest storyline on every title. That's would just it something make, I would do as a policy. Would it make sense in your mind to maybe do a a or or would this be would a reasonable um a reasonable compromise be something along the lines of first prints are not returnable but second prints are to a certain number they don't do enough second prints it's not useful okay cuz i'm just trying to you know i'm trying to figure out like what the happy median is in regards to i think you the know, only um, the only happy median is just going to be a smaller amount of returnability. Uh, I mean, we're so starved. I'm at the point that basically if Marvel just said five, five copies of every comic book is returnable. I would be, I would faint with joy. (laughs) Like you have no fucking idea. I, I'm I'm not even exaggerating. I would be paralyzed with happiness. I can can order the right amount of issues within five books. Yes, like that, that widens my bullseye by so much. And that's the, the as a, so that's, that would just make me so happy. But I think it should be a bit higher than that. See, but um, that, that doesn't seem, uh, I, I think it could be based on the size of your store. Uh, and uh, I would hope that it could, if it was a flat number instead of a percentage. Like I think I would prefer a flat number system than a percentage because a percentage you'd still be wrong, but the same percentage. Got you. Not sure. I'd have right, to sit down and actually do the math. On like number one versus number three or four. Uh, and like, if always twenty percent of everything you ordered was returnable, yeah, you'd be fine. That would be great too. Um, yeah, so like, uh, so some percentage returnable or some flat number returnable. I don't know what would be easier for Marvel to process. Uh, that's a compromise I would be willing to give them the driver's seat on. Uh, See, but, but then, like I said, just just some amount of of their books be returnable. Like, it it feels to me though like the whole returnability aspect of things is literally just something that's steeped in tradition. Like, there's no particular, like, the the reason comic books to, to comic book stores aren't returnable is the same reason why comic books release on Wednesday, right? Like, there's no rhyme or reason to it outside of that's just the way it is, right? Oh, oh I mean, do you want a history lesson? Well, I'm, I'm asking you. Hell well, yeah, I want a history lesson. The- my dad was on the panel that decided Wednesday would be new comic book day. I remember that. He um, told us that on the show. Yeah. Uh, and it blew, it it blew was, my mind. Yeah. Uh, what was the other point? <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, like, I understand that there's a history in regards to, like, okay, there was, like, there was a direct market versus... Oh. Other markets, yeah, but I'm so, saying I understand that the direct market didn't have returnability, and I think that the reasoning behind that was oh, they had more favorable uh, yeah, ordering. We got, we got a better percentage, but we weren't allowed to return anything. Right, uh, and so yeah, I would even be able, I would even be willing to give up uh, 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 
some of my terms, I'd be willing to give up some percentage points to add returnability. Okay. I'd be curious. So, I'd be curious how many percentage points they would need to just guarantee a hundred percent returnability across the board. Right. And see, and that's, but I guess I that's what I'm saying is. I would be willing to converse with them about that. All, all, all we're talking about is our tradition. Like, and I get that there's like, uh, technically, I guess, a business reason behind why this was the case then versus now. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're just we're really just talking about that was a decision someone made back in the day. And we obviously know that now because DC is making the, the move to move things to Tuesday, that those things can be changed. Like DC made that change unilaterally. Mm-hmm. Like my thought is, why can't it be a, a, a thing where you have at least a conversation or begin a conversation where, hey, the comic book industry isn't what it used to be. Let's have returnability and let's talk about what you need to make that make you all comfortable with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's the and it first seems one of like, Marvel or DC. Like the thing is, is that if DC wanted to undo all of this negative press they've had, they just announce a hundred percent. They just announce returnability, and then they would be the best. Right, because well, that's um, what Image did, right? A, it's it's such a powerful tool. I could also see Marvel or DC using it to gain market share in the coming months, because we can, we comic book store owners, if one of the big two was returnable, right. Like to a large percentage, not just like five copies. Like I said, we'd have to put all of our money over there. Right. Because, because you don't have anything guaranteed. to lose. Yes. Right. And, and so to me, it's, also, it seems crazy that like when image made the announcement about it, I know for me, I was fully expecting one of those big two to follow suit. And sure enough, it did not happen. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, none of those comic books got released. So it's not like Image's promise was that big a deal. And it might have just been that Marvel and DC saw that it didn't matter. That could be so. So I'm waiting for the announcement for when Diamond starts resuming shipping. How long is there going to be returnability for that product? Because uh, I, I think... I really think they will offer it for a little bit, but I don't know how long. And they, I, I think they might uh, come a little bit short of what we really need. I mean, the other thing is that there needs to be a Marvel versus DC comic book ready to go. Like, the fact that there isn't, it, they're just such fucking morons. But, I mean, I think that we all, I mean, with the way that the companies are management-wise right now, like, not even taking into account the corporate people. I'm really talking about the management at the two publishers. That's not going to happen. You mean Bendis, the guy who is beloved at both Marvel and DC? You think he can he can somehow broker that deal? I what what brokering needs to be done? I, it it just feels as though the management at both sides don't want to see the other one win in any way, shape, or form. That was true when it was Joe Caseta, who was no longer the manager, and when it was Dan Dio, who was no longer the manager. Uh, so you think Bendis you think famously CB mentioned, and Jim Lee can come can come to that conclusion and be okay with it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
you know how much fucking money they would make? Listen, from, you're not. This you don't have to convince this, me on the idea. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not going to make money. I'm not saying it's not what people would want to see. I'm saying that I don't feel like the management is reasonable. Like I, I feel like I, Jim it, Lee thinks whatever Warner Brothers AT and T thinks, and I don't know well, that. No, then you're then you're not saying about Jim Lee because Jim Lee is cool with Marvel. I, he doesn't have like, an issue with Marvel, but he's not a guy that's willing to rock the. He's not going to fight it. If he thinks that the corporate overlords are well, going to no, no, then your then your argument is that the corporate overlords don't want it. What's your argument? Well, well, but it's not that the the argument isn't the corporate overlords don't want it because the corporate overlords are never going to want it. the The argument is more so that someone has to be the champion to fight for it, and Jim Lee's not that guy. That's why Bendis is that guy. So Ben, so Jim Lee's gonna send Bendis in there to do his job for him. Are you still talking about corporate? I thought the argument was not about corporate anymore. No, no. <laughs> the, ar- the argument. Listen, listen. The argument is the corporate overlords need to be convinced. Jim Lee can't. Okay, convince then it's an argument that the corporate overlords will never agree to it. Let's move on. No, I'm not arguing that. that. You see it's what we know? The Jim- overlords will never agree to it. Is that you have to have the right person to to make that argument? Now Bendis might be the oh, right Jim guy. Lee should absolutely send Bendis to do that. Well, no, but what I'm saying is Bendis might be the right guy, but I'm not sure Jim Lee, like Jim Lee, might have just enough wherewithal to be like, well, if I send him in there to do my job for me, then they might be like, well, what do we have Jim Lee for? I would ask like, them what they. Well, have why Jim does Lee it have to fall in Jim a corner Lee. drawing comics? <laughs> I mean, he very well might be like, oh, well, yeah, you know, maybe I'm fine with that because it's like I'm not really trying to like they'll give Bendis a position that's equal to mine. And then that way I can go back to drawing like I was before, like I did with Dan. He might feel that way, but he very well might be like, well, maybe they might just fire me. For asking something? <laughs> it's not asking <laughs> something. It's, it, it's, it's for showing how useless he is he doesn't help him through the crisis he doesn't he's not the guy that comes to them with the solution he's he's well, I like mean, now we're critiquing jim lee's but i think jim lee is i think uh at is very happy with what jim lee is doing in that he is doing nothing to stop them <laughs> they get they are getting whatever they want and and while i think I agree with you that maybe CB might be agreeable to it. He's not the guy that's going to drive it. Like he's like, I feel like, you know, in the past there've been people at Marvel that have been like going to DC folks like, Hey, we should do this. I don't I think, think you're vastly underestimating the sales numbers that both companies will experience from this event. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm not like, I get it. I'm talking about leadership is what I'm talking about. I don't feel like the people are in place to lead that initiative at either one of the two companies right now. I'm saying why does it have to be Marvel what, and why, DC is weak. I'm saying why does it have to be anything? There used to be Marvel versus DC crossovers on a regular basis. No, it was I, just I a standard thing. Well, but but you you have to agree with me at this point. The the comic book the the not I, I guess I don't want to say the landscape. What I want to say is 
the business relationship between Marvel and DC is a completely different thing now than it was when those things are happening. Why do you think that? What are you, what is your factual uh, well I, reasoning I, I, for that? Cite like, your sources. It's, 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 okay, like. I think it just just in the idea that it doesn't feel like it felt like there was a more of a sense of camaraderie between the editors in chief at both of those companies in the past than there has been in I mean you could even go back in like the last uh, few the last like decade fifteen years it doesn't feel like there was that sense of camaraderie was there like. The the idea, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they don't like necessarily respect each other, but they don't feel as though they're trying to to uh, come together in any way, shape, or form. It feels like it's so much more of a competition than it was a friendly rivalry. Now versus then, it's like, am I wrong? With that? I I guess I. I mean, you're talking a lot about feelings, so I can't exactly argue. Um, well, well, what are, what are the facts that say that it was now like how it was then? Because I mean, I, I mean, hear the only I fact you're saying, how I the only fact you're saying is they would make a lot of money. Say again. I'm trying to think of how I prove that it's the same, but go. What were you saying? No, I was just saying the fact, the big fact that you're putting out there is it would make a ton of money. And I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I agree 100%. But I guess what, what I'm saying is, what, what have you seen that I'm missing that says the business relationship is there? All they have to do is decide or talk about it. Because I don't see that. I don't see anybody. Bendis. What? what I, just because he worked at Marvel and now he works at DC? Like, Bendis is the bridge? I mean, are are you seriously going to downplay his position at both companies as works at? He's basically the editor in chief of both companies. Like, I I don't know how you can be downplaying his sense of of his position to to be able to play this. Okay, he writes well, I mean, half I, of the DC universe. I'm, like literally, not, he writes half of it. By by no means am I saying that. Bendis couldn't walk into Marvel and be like, hey, DC is open to doing a crossover. I'm not saying that by any means. What I guess what I'm I guess what I'm saying is I don't think anyone at DC would allow Bendis to do that. And I guess I guess what I'm saying is I don't have faith in Jim Lee. Maybe that's what I'm saying. If you're saying that Jim Lee just wouldn't come up with the idea. Jim yeah. Lee doesn't have to come up with the idea. If the idea's saying, already been done. But if you're saying that he would actively stop someone else like Bendis from going to Marvel and trying to broker the deal, I just do. I, I just think you're wrong. I know Jim. That's a, he, okay. Well, but I mean, I like just, you don't feel like anyone has come to Jim DC Lee with that idea he already. Still has worked from. He still has worked for Marvel longer than he's worked for DC. You know that. <laughs> okay, but I guess <laughs> in, the, in terms of his career, uh, I realize he's at DC now. But I just I there, I have never sensed a bit of animosity towards Marvel from Jim. 
it's all been from Dan. And even Dan and Joe are doing interviews together now. I'm sure you saw that. Okay. Well, listen, I hope you're right. Because money I, is a great motivator. Well, no, we're not talking about it actually happening. We're talking about it, because I think at this point now, AT and T and Disney would say would say no to something like that. Because it's like, but like, because how would how do we get a Who Framed Roger Rabbit ma- made again? Because like I don't know I don't know how that ever got made. Right. Yeah. Because that got Warner Brothers and Disney to agree to be in the same movie together, as long as they had exactly the same screen time. That was the contract. Wow. Yeah. So, like, they've all worked together before, and it yields amazing results. And this is an unprecedented time. I, I would understand if this was just you and I talking about how to improve comic books and nothing crazy right. was going on in the world. But, but we're talking right about how to now, keep the industry afloat. Yes, we're talking about how to kickstart the industry, not just keep it afloat because my not all my customers are going to return. Right. Like what's the what's the unemployment right now? 30%? I mean, I can't expect my poor customers to come rushing back to buy comic books as soon as we're able to open again. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, okay. Listen, I, I, I know we've kept you on much longer than I told you we would, but the, no, the that's conversation... not a problem. I love I love shooting the shit. Absolute, absolute. Does does anybody have anything else they wanna ask or, or say to Jeff uh before we give him the opportunity to exit? <laughs> No, I think he needs a rest out of after that. One at a time. Joe first. If if, uh, DC is releasing on Tuesday, do you think Marvel might try to one-up them and release on Monday? I mean, I would find it hilarious, but also annoying for me logistically, because then I would have three release days. Then they can... Monday Marvel... But also, man, Marvel Monday. Ooh, it works. I, can guarantee, I guarantee someone has already talked about it. It's too good. Hashtag Marvel Monday. <laughs> yeah, but then Image moves to Sunday, and on and on until eventually you're all on Wednesday again. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's another reason why uh, there is a, a, some some benefit to having just one distributor is you have the kind of unified uh, release date and all of that. Okay, Heck, do you have a question? No. Okay, I I kind of did. I, maybe I missed it. I've been yeah. doing some stuff in the background, but uh, did you guys talk about what you as a retailer thought of the uh, DC triple distribution line? Or whatever the hell they're doing. No, no, we we sure didn't actually, and that's a. I'm glad you brought that up, Oz, because what what was your take on that, Jeff? When you know them talking, DC talking about they're going to use these other two distributors that no one's ever heard of, and then come to find out the identities of these distributors. What what was that like for you and the people you've spoken to on the retail side? Well, I mean, it's just uh, pretty unanimous hatred. Um, 
uh, I saw a poll in a, in a group and uh, two people said that they would use the new distributor and a hundred people had voted that they would not. <laughs> um, it's, it's like I said, at the top of the show, DC is just making huge mistakes at every point. Like if their goal was to release comic books, then why aren't they releasing good comic books? Right. Like I'm not risking my employee's life for Nightwing guys for Batman on the table. Um, (laughs) So like, I don't understand what their goal is like behind the scenes. What is their stated goal with this whole deal? Because it seems like they're putting in a lot of friggin' effort to get these comic books out. And it's not even like big titles. Uh, it's nothing that people are demanding. Right. And they're alienating, I mean, giving them a much better benefit of the doubt than our unscientific uh, poll. Giving They're alienating, what, 80% of of the retail population into just hating their guts. Uh, it's, uh, I don't see what, what they're gaining. I, if their goal was to, to push to digital, then I would understand, but that's not what this would look like if that's what this was. Right. Right. Then it would be Batman coming out mm-hmm. and they would be like, we don't care about you guys being able to sell it or not. As long as we get to digitally release it, we're good. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a very strange thing. Yeah, it's a very strange thing. So it's just I, I can't even even from looking at what their actions are, I can't reverse engineer what their goal was. So so like they are jumping through a ton of hoops. They're making comic book stores pay more. They're doing a ton of these things, and then the books they're releasing it's like five books, three of which are reprints, four of which are reprints. I think the first week. That's, uh, uh, it's puzzling. Like in the cost benefit analysis, there's uh, right. grossly missing the benefit. And like, I and, don't see like even just ignoring what my own personal gains would be in this situation. I don't see what DC's gains are right. doing this because right. they've just made everybody mad and they haven't even like made a strong step to make their digital platform stronger. Right. Like, if they had done that and said, screw retailers, we're going with digital, then I'd be like, okay, that's a mission statement. I understand what they're doing. But I'm looking at this and what they're doing, and I have no clue what they're even trying to accomplish. So so it's safe to say that you're not carrying new DC Comics on the 28th, or are you going to do it anyway? No, we're not. That's fair. And so that's are it. you at, at this point, are you thinking... We'll just see when the industry as a whole kind of starts back up or yeah, I mean, like conservatively looking at May 20th right now, Mm -hmm. um, but that could change because I don't know how much lead time and knowledge we need. Like, right. So comic stores might be open before we get new comic books in them. I mean, that's actually what I think definitely will be the case. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense because it's like new comics probably aren't going to come until a good section of the country is like, open your doors and everybody knows that even when governors are like, okay, open your doors, 
it's probably going to be another at least two weeks before a good portion of people come out and like, okay, I guess I guess it's okay. Like you know, there'll be some early adopters. Yeah, like, I want to go hang out with my friends, crazy. but I don't know if all of them will want to hang out with me right away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, man. Yeah. So yeah, and then just just the duplicitousness, the the not telling us who the planned distributor was is a real bad look because that makes it look bad. Whereas yeah. if you were upfront with it, they'd be like, okay, they're a large enough company, they can distribute, I guess, but also like expecting them to up their distribution to what Diamond is from what they are. It's like, yeah, they're big names. Uh, Diamond is fucking huge. Right. So like to think they can just jump in and do the same thing is a little bit laughable. And so that's also one of the criticisms is like, what are they going to do when they have mass shortages? Diamond knows what to do. It, it was very strange how they went about the whole thing because it's like, and and, you know, this is something that I was telling the guys too, where I'm like, it kind of felt like they didn't even respect retailers enough to like competently lie to them. Because yeah. it, it wasn't like it was a thing where you're like, oh, you have to go well, through layers and like, layers to find out who like, these distributors were. I know. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, this is another thing is like, what, like I said, at every step, they could have just said who they were using. Because then there's an, uh, another uh, theory that this is about um, setting it up so that they can directly say sell to those two companies uh-huh. uh, and uh, and avoid diamond and thereby cut out their middleman and make a bunch more money on those comic books. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's one of those things where is it a thing where is it worth alienating like the rest of the, the well, I would argue space? no. I would argue no, because like I said, if they were pivoting to digital, I'd see what they were doing, but that's not what they're doing because then they'd right. be releasing good books right now. Right. Um, so I just, I don't know what their goal was yeah. by getting these comic books out because nobody was asking for them. No com- There are very few <laughs> comic book stores were open and begging for new comic books. Right. Right, uh, like there were a couple. I have to admit that, but the overwhelming majority of all of the polls put up by publishers was that we did not want anything to be coming out. What when when things open back up and you start getting books coming back out on a regular basis again? What are you hoping will be the way that these comic books release? Do you want like? a dump of the issues that were supposed to come out? Or do you want us to like pick up where we left off and maybe like that next month the issue that was supposed to come out in March comes out? How would you like it? No, I think um, I think they're going to have to pretty much relook at the entire schedule because they have books ready to go. But then they stopped printing. Mm-hmm. So the question is when they're going to take up printing, do they want to print their entire line? Cause like I said, we're not going to want to carry some stuff, but that's a really, really small print run. Mm. 
<laughs> so they're just not worth the just Don't come out like the final issues of them just don't come out or they're going to be like a break in the numbering uh, maybe. of some ongoing series that are smaller orders. Here, I mean, like it's something that I will release digitally and then release the trade that had all of it so that there was print version available. Mm-hmm. I would pro- I wouldn't order the trade probably because it's probably all stuff selling far too little. Mm. Uh, but so there just won't be a single issue for certain storylines that you just pick up from where you're deciding if the, bo- if, if the books have already been if the books have already been like shit paid for yeah yeah like i don't like I, I obviously like you know i don't i don't sell comics so i don't know a good example but i don't know like uh, are there books that you feel like would literally just jump from like say 37 to like 40 or 41 what do you mean 37 or 41 like i guess what i'm saying is a book that maybe doesn't sell enough copies that it makes sense for the three months that we missed for those issues to like get single issue printings. Oh, I mean, every ongoing series is not going to miss an issue. I'm talking about stuff that might get canceled. Ah, got you. Got you. So every ongoing series, you think all those issues will still eventually come out? Um, yes, for sure. And, and- and are you thinking the ongoing series, like, are you thinking that they're going to pick up when we start printing comics again, or are they going to get dumped? Like, as far as, like, two or three issues at once? I don't think they'll dump any. They know that will, won't do well, um, otherwise. Um, so I doubt they will do that. Plus, like I said, printing stopped. So it's not like they have, they may have a bunch of books ready to produce, to be printed, but they don't have a bunch of books printed. Got it. So yeah, they haven't been printing books this whole time. There's been nothing printed. There's like one week or two weeks of books waiting for us at Diamond. That's it. So out of this like 12 weeks or whatever, however long it's going to be, there's only two weeks of comics ready to go. So they have to start printing pretty soon for even that May 20th uh, deadline I was talking about. Right. And you know, May 20th is what you're working with based on the fact that, at least in California, I know we have a stay-at-home order that at this point goes through to the 15th, if I'm not mistaken, or 16th. Is that where yeah. that is that where that's coming from for you? Yeah. Yeah. So it's safe to say that if that gets extended from, from the governor's office, then you make a new potential new release date. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy because Lord knows it's like, uh, er, like almost everybody is kind of like going on a month by month basis, and mm-hmm. so you know, like I definitely feel, or at least if if things hold, you know, come the end of this month, beginning you know the first of of next month, people will be reevaluating and kind of like making decisions whether we're going to through the end of May, whether we'll stick with the 15th, whether we're going to go till uh, June 15th. Like, <laughs> it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, before you go, Jeff, uh, 
Comic Con, of course, got canceled. What are your thoughts on that, and what what do you think that means for for the industry generally? I mean, that's what we all have to deal with. I mean, every industry is going to have to deal with the, their big thing not existing. Like Coachella is not going to happen. It's yeah. uh, so, like there's a bunch of stuff that isn't going to happen this year. Um, uh, I hope they use it as a chance to maybe reevaluate and reassess and uh, uh, readdress what their goals are. I feel like they have lacked in those lately. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, man. Like 2021 will definitely be a much different year. Uh, Not only, of course, than 2020, but it's going to be different than 2019, too. Because everything's not going to make it. And it'll be interesting to see what does and what doesn't. Exactly. Anything else um, you want to say or you want to push before... You get out of here, Jeff? No, that was too much. (laughs) And and you know what, man? I apologize because I know that technically speaking, and maybe this might be the best way for for you to go out too, is, you know, I know that we didn't even really technically get into like the deep, deep uh, business side of what you're going through as being like a business owner and, you know, the whole like, government response and all that kind of stuff because um, I know that you know you and I have had conversations about that and that was you know actually kind of more preliminary conversations because we had that conversation I think what like a, a month ago at this point and so I, I don't know if there's anything that you want to say or anything that you know I, I, I just know it must be hard because no, it's, not it's, only do you have employees but no, you have, of course, the actual business itself. I mean, it's it. You know, I feel for you. You're, you're asking for another hour, so I, I don't know if you want to ask that question. <laughs> well, man, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Maybe, maybe we just need to have you back on, and we can talk I'd about that and reassess because I know that that is, like you said, a whole nother story and a whole nother side of it that is just like you know, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. So. We appreciate it, but appreciate you taking the time, man, because like yeah, like I said before, we know there are other things that uh, you have on your mind and other things that you kind of have to, you know, be paying attention to. So we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and, and talk shop and let us know what's going on from your perspective. Yeah, I'd be happy to come back. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Bye, guys.